Welcome, everyone, to a very special edition of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast, Picayune Edition. It's special, Ricky, not just because it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, but also because of what will be happening at Lee Triplett Stadium on Friday night. Ricky, for most people, Black Friday is a day for shopping for deals, but for the Maroon Tide, they have already secured the best deal of all. They will be hosting South State on Friday night, and the only thing that stands in their way of punching their ticket to M.M. Roberts Stadium and playing for a state championship will be the Laurel Golden Tornadoes, a team that is led by head coach Ryan Ernest, who, like Coach Stogner, is in his second season as head coach. Yeah, I think we can all agree, Dave, that we have a lot to be thankful for this year. And, you know, for the Maroon Tide faithful uh, to be where they are at this point, this late in the season, uh, you get to add one more thing to that, that list of things to be thankful for. Ricky, after Laurel took down the defending 5A state champion West Jones Mustangs last week in a 30-20 to 20 contest, Laurel's running back, Kiran Benjamin, told Impact 601 that Picayune better be ready. So, Ricky, what should Picayune be ready for on Friday night? Well, you know, if you look back, Dave, earlier in the season, uh, Coach Ernest made the statement that uh, Kyron Benjamin and, and Caden Arrington are going to be really the backbone of that Laurel offense. And number seven, Benjamin, he's the biggest back at 5'11", 200 pounds. He averages about 15 carries a game, and he's going to be their bell cow Friday night. There's no doubt about that. Number six, Caden Arrington. He's a little smaller, a little shiftier, 5'7", 165. He's a junior, and, and he's going to get some touches as well. And then there's number 13, Javante Caldwell. He's their junior signal caller. Not a very big guy at 5'8", 160, Dave, but can pose a threat to defenses with his arm and his feet. You know, he's going to operate it out, of, out of the shotgun with three and four wide receiver sets, sometimes one back set beside him, sometimes two. Nothing that we haven't seen before uh, from from teams this year that Picayune's going to be seeing on Friday night. And then number one, Tyrone Jones. That's their 5'10 senior wide receiver. He is Caldwell's favorite target in the passing game, and he's going to mainly work the middle of the field, Dave. He'll take some short passes. And Carlos Martin, he's another one of those wide receivers. He'll get some looks in the passing game, but by far Tyrone Jones is going to be his top target. You know, the Tide's also going to have to be aware of Benjamin, Dave. He'll, He'll step up from his running back spot, He'll give the appearance that he's blocking, and then he'll he'll just slip out into the flats. And he's quick enough to turn one of those short passes into a big gain. And Dave, just looking at really an offensive summary of Laurel, when you look at a couple of their games, and we'll give you some things that, that just stuck out to me, and we'll look at two opponents that, um, well, we'll look at one opponent that we both had familiarity with, and that's Hattiesburg. So we'll go to the, the West Jones game first. And the West Jones game, we really saw them come in, Dave, and, and offensively, they were as balanced, about about as balanced as you can be. 160 yards on the ground, 167 yards through the air. And then you look at that, that Hattiesburg game, and I, I get it. They were down to, what, their second or third quarterback, and then that guy got hurt. But in that 50-0 to, to zero blowout against Hattiesburg, Dave, only 17 yards passing. And, and those two backs we mentioned, Benjamin and Arrington, they combined for 35 carries and, and almost 300 yards on the ground. So... That's a two different, totally different sides, right? So we got to kind of be aware of, of both of those things that, that, that they can do. And, I mean, that's what I see, Dave, and I'll flip it back to you. I mean, when you look to see this Laurel team, what stands out most to you? Well, what jumps out is how similar these teams are, Ricky. Both, both of them score a lot of points, and both of them got very good defenses. I mean, Laurel's offense has averaged 31.3 points per game. Picking's offense has averaged just over 40. Laurel's defense 
has held opponents to an average of 18 points per game. Picayune right there behind them. I mean, right there ahead of them, actually, with 17.4. Wow. And so, and a credit to Laurel's offensive line. They, they do have an extremely good offensive line. and But they lost some uh, – they lost some big playmakers last year, but like Picayune, they have a team that has stepped up in and played play very well. They're an athletic group that tackles well, but they won't be as big up front as Brookhaven. Yeah. You know, more on the defensive side, their offensive, yeah. their offensive line is actually a decent, decent size, maybe one of the bigger ones. Um, we discussed some of the similarities, but this is the one thing that differ, differentiates these two teams, and that's turnovers. Right. Laurel has turned the ball over a ton, Ricky, and that could play into a big factor tonight. I mean, Friday night. And uh, Ricky, what do you, what are your keys to the game for Picayune? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start with the obvious elephant in the room, right? And that's that's Kyron Benjamin, their big running back, and you know he's going to be the engine that runs this offense. Uh, we're going to have to do what we've been doing. We're going to make sure that we we bottle him up and we tackle well. But Dave, I'm going to tell you who the X factor is in this game, and it's not Benjamin. And that might surprise you, but I'm going to tell you why. It's going to be their quarterback, Javante Caldwell. And you mentioned turnovers, and, and we mentioned Brookhaven and their size up front. I'm going I'm to give you something, and we're going back. We're going back into the, the, the season, several games back. But that Brookhaven game, Dave, a game that they lost 24-12, to Caldwell had a hand in the eight turnovers. I said it right, eight turnovers in that game. Six fumbles, two interceptions. He played so so poorly, Dave, that he got pulled in the third quarter for his backup. So when you think about that, this this Caldwell guy, when he is on, he can be pretty good. When he's off, the the wheels can come off and it, it can all go downhill from there. So we've seen him play well at times, but I'm gonna say this for Picky's defense, we gotta make Caldwell beat us. Let's take his weapons away and let's just say, hey guy, we're gonna put it on your shoulders. Let's see what you got. We're gonna make you throw the ball and beat us. Can you do it? And I think he's gonna struggle because when you look at even go back to what Coach Hayden said to me in our, our post-game interview, he said, What's been great about our defense this year is we can do such a good job with pressure with our front four guys, it allows us to be able to drop back our seven guys and play coverage, right? So that means we don't have to take a lot of chances. That means we don't have to bring extra people and, and take a chance that, that they can pick up a, a read or block the block one of our blitzes. So he's going to have a Picayune guy in his face all night. And, and I'll flip it back to what Mr. Benjamin said and ask this to this Laurel team and this offense, are you ready for what you're going to be seeing on Friday night? Because you're going to see a defense that is going to get after your behind. And Mr. Caldwell is going to have to be up for the challenge. But he's the X Factor, Dave. And I think I would say maybe offensively is going to be the same thing, just much of the same. Just got to keep doing what we're doing, right? Yeah, and, and I want to go back to the defense real quick. Um, you don't realize the importance of being able to get the pressure with four, Ricky, because how many guys cannot go down the line? There's five. There's five guys. you got a center, two guards, and a tackle. So if you can get pressure with four, then that leaves you with one, two extra guys to being able to make that tackle. So I think that if what Coach Hayden's game plan has been, you know, sending one sometimes, but we've been so good with only having to send five. We rarely send more than five, the four down linemen and maybe one backer. So, you know, we talk about those chainsaws that uh, Coach Feely and Coach Stodner's got in their bag. I wonder what kind of chainsaws that Hayden's, I mean, Coach uh, Hayden's got in his bag. I mean, he doesn't, we've we, we seen the same type of defense and haven't had to change it. And then we'll go back to the offense. Why fix what ain't broke? I mean, 
we run a boring offense, but it's been, like you said, brilliant. All season been brilliant. We run, we don't put a lot on film, but up to this point this year, we haven't had a lot of teams had very good success stopping us. Brookhaven was probably one of the better ones at Hattiesburg, and we really wasn't ever in a threat to ever have to change. And I, I said it in a post game, and I've been thinking about it all week, Ricky, and one of the things that's been with me is really – how awesome it was that Coach Stogner did not panic against Brookhaven early on. We were moving the ball, and it would have been easy to say, hey, we need to throw the ball more. We need to throw the ball more. And he did not do that. And and turned out he he put it on the back of his uh, put it on the back of his defense. And those def- the defense, and I and I've told a couple people this week, Ricky, me and you talk about how good the defense has been this year, but I don't even think we've given them as much credit of how good they've been. Um Outside of two guys, Hartsong and Bilbo, who has done any – name one other person that's done any damage to picking you this year. No, that you really can't think of anyone. And you go back again to this scheme that and, – and I say scheme because that's really what it is. I mean, we say spread, such a loose term. I get that. But this is another offense that's very similar to what we've seen through half the teams we played this year. It's not going to be any anything that we got to go to the drawing board, Dave, and just change on. And – and another thing, too, you know, we knew our defense was good, and, and they've grown up really in front of us this year. We've been able to enjoy that and, and experience that firsthand. But, man, our offense, and, and I don't think we really say enough about our offensive line, and I think interviewing those guys was a, was a good move by you to give them credit because, Dave, early on, and I, I said it after the Popperville game, um, I don't know how far this team can go because just up front, they just looked like they, they had so many things to fix. But name the last time that anyone on offense has jumped off sides. It's hard to find that, right? And that's pretty common for most teams. Um, maybe this might be one of the better disciplined offensive lines we, that Pickens had in a long time in that regard. When's the last time we laid the ball on the ground? I mean, you got to go back to probably East Central and Hurley Day where we had a mishandle of the football and it got on the ground. Maybe I'm missing one. In, in Noah the- had one last week. Yeah, and again, it's it's happened so so not not so often that you you forget about those things. So, yeah, and you're right. He did he did have one, but that's been you know few and far between. So we just got to keep doing that. We got to keep playing mistake free and and uh, limit those types of things. And even with the penalties, Dave. I mean, you know, we we sound like homers a little bit with what we're saying, but it it's kind of the truth. If it's close on a pass interference, we're going to get caught on it. It's happened to us all year, and and there's a there's a difference between finishing a play and getting a personal foul, you know, for being a little too aggressive and being stupid and hitting someone 15 yards out of bounds. But we'll take those aggressive penalties. That's fine. If the defense wants to do that, we'll take those. So we, we have talked about our our penalties a little bit, but I think when you mix in those things, I don't think it's been as bad as it looks. No, it hasn't. I mean, last week we had uh, one I never – I mean, a defensive chop block, I think they called on us 15 yards. I don't know that I've ever – seen that i mean maybe maybe i'm missing something that they did i mean i didn't get a clear uh, clarification on what actually picune did on that play and then we had the one hit out of bounds and it was really a shove it wasn't like a flagrant like we just went over there and hit him it was late it was a great call by the ref but outside of those we've been a pretty disciplined team and hopefully that'll continue um we get a holding call very seldom but a russian team that's run the ball 90 something percent of the time you would expect more holding calls. I mean, and we ha- up to this point, we haven't had them. And, and the hat's off to that offensive line. And, I mean, because Laurel's going to come ready. Like, yeah. we, we're, we're not – I mean, I know we're, we're, we're talking up Picayune pretty big, 
and and that and as we should, they deserve it. But Laurel's going to bring a great team to uh, Lee Triplet, and um, and and I want to I want to harp on this because this has been hit me all week, and I because we've I've been thinking about it a lot while we've been working, and I'll, I'll I'll point it out to you. I haven't told you this, but all season long, Ricky, I've been saying this really ain't our year. You know, I said we're young, we don't lose a lot next year. You know, I mean, I would never tell Dorian Robinson that Bird. Those guys don't have one more year, no Carter. They don't have next year. So to them, this is their year. And we're going to go back to something that we did earlier in the year. Jacob, we talked to Jacob Feely. The year they won the state championship, Ricky, he told us that wasn't their year. Mm-hmm. The next year was their year. So who's to say this isn't a Picayune's year? If they can get past Laurel, I don't care who they're bringing to uh, um, USM. We're gonna, they're going to show up. Just like they did back when um, Jacob Feely's crew went up there and played Startville and didn't get a shot. Nobody gave them a shot, and they took down Startville that year. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, maybe this. Maybe I keep saying next year's the year, but no, nothing's guaranteed after this year, Ricky. And I and the way they've played this year, they've made believers out of me. And and early on, and I mean, I I, I can't say enough about how they've played the coaching staff and the players and. Um, but Laurel's going to bring a great team. No, they are. And, and if you look at how they've gotten to this point, just like we talk about, you know, we've used this analogy of March Madness and basketball and getting hot at the right time. And, you know, that, that big 50 to nothing blowout over Hattiesburg, you know, they that really helped them just kind of start really a, a train moving forward that was pretty positive. And to come in and do what they did against George County and win the way they did with the athletes they have, that says a lot about this defense. And then, you know, again, to knock out Wes Jones, um, they're still champs. You know, it, or we're still champs until that point. So the road to, to state was going to go through them. But you made a great point, and I'll just say this, too, on that. You know, if you go back to um, the interview that I had two weeks ago with uh, with Javonta Waller, uh, if you remember what he said to me, he said, you know, these seniors are keeping us going. They're playing for, you know, they're, 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 they're in our ear saying, you better give it all you got because this is my last year. Right. Right. And you saw it last week, man. It was the first time we've seen it. Bird makes a play, and all them young defensive linemen are flapping their wings for the bird, right? They know how much this means to this senior class, Dave, and this senior class needs to step up this week and be leaders and say, listen, this is it for us. Oh, and by the way, just like you mentioned, there's no guarantee of you getting back here next year. Just because you guys are young, just because you think, oh, our future, we got a couple more. No, no, no. You got to play it for right now, right? We don't know what the future holds, so you got to go in with everything you got and 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 be accountable right here, Dave. I mean, it's going to be unity, you know, uh, one heartbeat, one mindset, one one will. Every, they got to be completely united. Not about next year or anything like that, but but the the time is now. Um, so it's a really good point that you brought up, and and Dave, just looking at it, I mean, we got a, another matchup. You know, it's the final four now. So talk to us a little bit just about who. Um, who West Point's playing? I think it's Neshoba. Yeah, it Neshoba Central playing West Point. Two undefeated teams. West Point has some losses on some of the records you'll see, but those are COVID losses, Ricky. I am not going to count that as a loss. I mean, that's just unfortunate. You can't play a game because of COVID. Um, that uh, it's. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, sounding like it's West Point's year again, but as we said, go tell Neshoba that they can't win, you know, I mean, so they're going to, they're going to bring a good team. I don't know, uh, don't know much about Neshoba. 
I mean, I know West Point has got a very, very good team. They run the ball a lot. They're they're very similar to Picune as far as the styles of offense. They run it a lot different. They're both different in the way they run it, and um, they're probably a little more athletic. And and uh, I I can't I can't ever count out West Point until somebody beats them. Like I mean, it's almost like it's an easy bet. It's almost like when um, Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl, Ricky. You just can't bet against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. You can't bet or Bama. You just can't bet up against Bama. I mean, I know they got a loss this year, but you almost got to say it's Bama's to lose, even though as bad as I hate to say that, and everyone that knows it knows I hate saying that. But that's kind of how you feel about West Point. So I predict West Point will get past Neshoba and – this Picayune team, I think if they play the way they've been playing and can get pressure, I think they'll see West Point in the, in the state championship. Yeah, either way, I mean, there's a lot rotten on Friday night, man. Um, but, yeah, one more one more step for us. Um, you know, you and I will be there, so we're, I know we're looking forward to it. And, um, yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you, Dave, and your family. I know there's a lot of people traveling and busy time of year, really, from here into the end of the, end of the year. But also, you know, happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there that's listening uh, to you and your family. I uh, hope everyone has a safe and happy happy holiday season. We'll take just a quick second to enjoy that, and then we're back to football Friday night. Yeah, we'll Nothing have Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, I want to wish everybody Thanksgiving. Also, Ricky, I want to point out, you may not have seen it, they're going to have pregame festivities at the uh, tailgating Friday from, I think, about 4 to 6 or maybe 3 to 6. You can look it up. Timmy Kraft, I talked to him this week. I've seen it on Facebook. Um, they put together a DJ. Oh, nice. Cooking. They want everybody to show up and show out. So I think the band's going to walk over around 6 o'clock with the dance team and the cheerleaders, I think. So it's going to be a real big thing. They're trying to get people to come and really, really support the team this year. Um, I know me and you have probably been one of the first ones really been vocal about the fan support um, and and not to really turn anybody off because the people that show up have been great. But let's let's go a little bit above and beyond this week because I can guarantee you Laurel's going to bring a great crowd. Um, they always do. So um, happy Thanksgiving. Come show out. Do the pregame uh, tailgating. Go show up on somebody's tent and get some uh, ribs, burgers, or whatever's being cooked, Ricky. Well, um, we're going to hang out. I'm going to try to get there early, hang out. And uh, if you see us, come say hey, hi to us. We'll be wearing our Talking Ball Y'all shirts or probably a hat or beanie, depending on the weather. And uh, we'll uh, – we love to catch up with our fans and let us know that you're listening and talk to us. But uh, we'll definitely be hanging out at the uh, post I mean, the pregame festivities. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, we'll see y'all Friday night with a postgame episode.